0: Hello, I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit. They walked in single file. The entrance to the path was like a sort of arch leading into a gloomy tunnel made by two great trees that lent together. Too old and strangled with ivy and hung with lichen to bear more than a few blackened leaves. The path itself was narrow and wound in and out among the trunks. Soon the light at the gate was like a little bright hole far behind and the quiet was so deep that their feet seemed to thump along while all the trees leaned over them and listened. As their eyes became used to the dimness they could see a little way to either side in a short darkened green glimmer. Occasionally a slender beam of sun that had the luck to slip in through some opening in the leaves far above and still more luck in not being caught in the tangled boughs and matted twigs beneath, stabbed down thin and bright before them. But this was seldom and it soon ceased altogether. There you go, a little reading from The Hobbit, Chapter 8, Flies and Spiders. I picked that out because uh, we've been playing There and Back Again. It's by Ray Otis. The game that he's come up with, it's a a two-page role-playing game. It's got some definite sort of dungeon world DNA. I think tiny dungeons, he said. He's, He's talked a little bit about it and mentions it in Plundergrounds. Anyway, check it out.
1: What we need to establish
0: first of all is um, is everybody here somewhat of a fan of Tolkien or an, or is at least familiar with the Hobbit? I'm halfway Actually through the Hobbit. Hobbit. Mm-hmm. No, I love the
1: yeah. book. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Have you read them about 70 times
0: probably? We sat down to play. It went really well. Character generation was relatively fast. I think. It is really simple, and it should have been a lot faster. It, it took us 20, 25 minutes. I reckon you could do it in 10. Take a, a character concept based on a, just two words, like uh, strange wizard or hobbit sheriff, for instance, and then that, that will conjure a picture in your mind, and you go from there. You could just start with an image, if uh, if that's how you work. I'll probably suggest that next time because i'm playing with some youngsters we, d- we did have a little bit of toing and throwing about you know oh can you have more than two words and can it be two phrases and yeah so a couple of my players missed the point a little bit moving on from that you use uh your two main stats are toughness and fate abbreviated to t and f and toughness is basically you know how much abuse you can take fate is you can think of it in different ways you can think of it as like luck or heart or the will of the gods it's a resource that you call upon in dire situations you start out with a base three in toughness and two in fate and then you've got an additional five points to spend between the two bearing in mind your character concepts you want to pick things that are going to kind of um, reflect that concept i gave the example that an elf being a little bit more magical and a bit bit sort of perhaps fairy tale are gonna maybe tend towards fate a little bit more whereas somebody like um a, a, uh, an outdoorsy ranger type who spends a lot of time alone uh, maybe they're they're slightly jaded they're gonna be more of a self-reliant type of character and perhaps a little bit tougher or maybe tough in the way that Hobbits are sometimes perceived as being tough. They're quite uh, resilient characters. So that's toughness and fate. You've only got a, a fairly simple decision to make there. During an adventure, you'll lose toughness from, like I said, taking abuse or wounds. or I, I, I perceive that as, as mental damage as well. And you spend fate to get out of sticky situations or do magical things because magic relies on fate fate is the fuel of the arcane these resources if you like are regained by taking a rest in a uh, safe place Ray's calling this a haven if you do take a long rest in a haven your toughness and fate return to their starting values the definition of a long rest is whatever you feel appropriate for the narrative really it's not specified I, th- I think that's the sort of thing that will kind of be obvious in play. However, you can't ever go above your starting stats except through the process of advancement or maybe some kind of enchantment, but not by resting. Firstly, it is not D&D. So, the main thing uh, to think is you know, this is not D&D with um, the Hobbit slapped on. What we're we're going to try and do is recreate somewhat of the feel um, of uh, basically a tale of adventure in J.R.R. Tolkien's Wilderlands. Ray has kind of highlighted the fact anybody can be a a wizard with the right knowledge, trolls turn to stone in the sunlight, animals or magical objects can speak. Elves aren't always nice, and the wild is full of terrible creatures like goblins, giant spiders, and even dragons.
1: Okay, I'll avoid the dragons.
0: Next, you have to choose your skills and traits. You get to choose two traits. Now, the traits are as follows. You've got rhyming, riddling, fighting, foraging, sneaking, crafting, carousing, and magic. Pick any two of those, and then there are skills... In subsets to each of the traits so for example you've got rhyming and then under rhyming which is the trait you've got skills as follows singing playing an instrument reciting poetry telling stories so you get to pick three total skills across your two traits some other skills take the carousing trait under carousing you've got drinking cooking and eating charming and haggling. Looking at a sample character we've got Forzo the Hobbit Sheriff with his toughness six and his fate four. He's got the carousing trait with a drinking skill and he's got the foraging trait with scouting and shooting. Carousing and foraging they're your traits. Drinking, scouting and shooting they're your skills. The relevance of these will become clear when I talk about advantages and disadvantages and the dice roll. It is worth noting that the um, magic trait, there is a note that, that suggests that you can um, create other skills through negotiation with the GM. In generating characters, I didn't find the uh, the skills and traits to cause much problem with the players. We had a little bit of a misunderstanding uh, with my eldest son who, who thought I'd meant... For each trait, you got to pick three skills. He didn't realise you you had only three skills in total to divide between the two traits. But other than that, I think people found the, um, the the whole skills and trait system quite interesting and a bit of a departure from the norm. It was interesting to see that people did kind of cooperate as a group and try and go for different abilities. There wasn't the predictable everybody going for hand-to-hand martial combat and I didn't really notice the classic D&D characters being recreated. I did have a little talk at the beginning saying to leave your D&D ideas at the door, try and embrace the spirit of The Hobbit. I did suggest that it wasn't going to be really a game about... Killing things and taking their stuff because this is like um, not a kill things and take their stuff game. That's basically know. it. No, it's That's this, foreign, it's this idea of an adventure. During character generation, it did become apparent that the players had uh, taken this on board and were keen to come up with some quite different concepts, such as a hobbit teller of tales, a dwarf haggler. Uh, we had a a soldier on a sort of a um, he was called Ulbricht the Wanderer he was on a mission to um, kind of scout the lands for his, his lord and then we had an old elven wizard who was played by my youngest son <laughs> yeah we'll come on to magic. As for rolling the dice, when you try something risky or complicated or whenever the GM tells you to you grab 2d6 magic You spend one fate point if you're using a magic trait, and then you establish whether there's disadvantage or advantage. Uh, If you have a significant advantage, you grab another d6. If you have a significant disadvantage, you drop a d6. Having a skill is an advantage, and not having a trait is a disadvantage. So if you get into a a melee, or say there's some argy-bargy, You need the fighting trait to be able to roll your two dice Because you will be down to one dice for not having the trait You've got fighting, two dice If you are in some sort of bar brawl and you've got the brawling skill Then that's advantage and you pick up a dice for a total of three Pretty simple stuff I hear you say And that's because it is You're only using d6 very likely you're never going to roll more than three, and you're never rolling less than one. A five or a six is a success. Simple as that. Now, you can spend fate to add an extra die, and it's a way for you to get more than three d6 on your roll. Now, regardless of the number of dice you roll, if they all end up as ones, that's a blunder. Even if it's just one dice. If something really bad happens, the GM says what? Note that you may spend fate to try and roll your way out of a blunder. After you've rolled, ah, that's not good. You can spend some fate, try and get the uh, lady luck to shine upon you and and get you out of uh, trouble. This is the main mechanism of the game in terms of random factors and combining the advantage-disadvantage concept with the skills and traits. And in play, we found everybody needs a little bit of time to maybe appreciate and, and get a handle on what their traits and skills mean, get a feel for the type of things that you can do with them. We're using the t- tolkien and Hobbit-like stories and tales to kind of inform us when making those decisions, you know, what does Tolkien like carousing look like, what does Tolkien style or, or Hobbit combat look like. We sort of fell into that a little bit of a, a, a almost meta-like discussion during play, passages of The Hobbit and quotes maybe would, would come out. And we're going to try and, kind of try and capture a little bit of that. Quite bardish. A bit bardish. The
1: dwarves are sing in the books. Then, 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 exactly.
0: Well, it, they, they, virtually everybody at some stage or other scenes. All the main players. The elf scene, the, uh, the goblins scene, don't that, they? The, that, the dwarf scene.
1: Dad, you haven't mentioned um, um, smoking the pipes yet.
0: Oh, yeah. When well, well that's another that. thing. Yeah. The take courage move is uh, a kind of a special thing that Ray is included in the rules to get the the Hobbit-like sing-song, reciting a verse, telling a story type of feel that you, you get in, in the fiction. Anytime that the characters are in a dangerous place or they're feeling down and in the dumps, in the dark, they can make a, a rhyming role. It's probably a good idea to get the person with... The most um, talent in this area to make the role because, on a success, each player gets to choose a fate point or two hit points. It is noted that the GM may offer other choices. The best subjects for rhyming are natural wonders, bountiful feasts, humorous anecdotes, and tragic tales of lost love or great sacrifices. In our session, whilst the party was um, making camp in a glade on their way through Mirkwood. The mood was quite low. I've described the, the feelings of claustrophobia and kind of despair and the the, the general dim and dingy vibe. At this point, Arfed decided that his hobbit tale teller would, over their meal, discuss these great uh, centenary feasts in the Shire, and everybody got involved in, in creating a bit of fiction describing these extravagant feasts. And it was interesting, even the youngest players were chipping in and expanding the story, even though um, Arfed was the actual tale-teller. As players, we were all sort of suggesting ways that the, the tale could be expanded and, and making little jokes about the um, the size of the judges and... Expanding waistlines etc It it really did capture that that storytelling, Tolkien-like vibe And it did in fact take the group of players Who were starting to get a little bit tense Going on this journey through Mirkwood It did actually kind of really, in, in real life, raise the mood Havens and the Wild is the next section Havens are pretty self-explanatory. They're places of quiet and rest, protected, maybe with a, a good established boundary. This is how you restore and heal. You get your toughness, you recover your fate, or you grow your character through advancement. The wild is basically everything outside of the havens. It's the perilous places, the um, untamed lands or areas that have been reclaimed by chaotic and evil forces. In the session we played, this this rule of the havens didn't really come into force uh, as a mechanism for healing as the characters had um, not suffered on their journey. They started out in Lake Town, which would have been a haven. Uh, they travelled with a caravan up to the Elven King's halls on the... Um, Eastern edge of Mertwood. It was quite funny. I was trying to do like a bit of an um, a clash of cultures type of idea because we had a dwarf in the party and the elves in the Elf King's halls were typically suspicious. It didn't help that he decided to go wandering around the halls, poking his nose in and was apprehended by the guards and taken to the head of the watch and it had some awkward questions to answer. He was a dwarven haggler. He had the carousing trait and he also had the charming skill and was able to talk himself out of a, a little bit of a sticky situation. Beat structure-wise, I found the, the ups and, and downs of going from haven to wild to haven to wild gave quite a nice sort of rhythm to the game very simple but quite effective friends and retainers or other extra characters can join the party termed as extras they have uh, one to three different skills and may be controlled by anyone in the group if an extra undertakes a task on their own at which they're skilled they get a die no advantage or disadvantage applies And if they try something without a skill, the GM decides if they're successful or not. In playing role-playing games, it's all too easy to get bogged down with lots of NPCs and kind of hangers-on, hirelings and everything else. And whilst it is fun, if you want things to move along at a a good pace, I think a little bit of simplicity and brevity in in the rules surrounding this stuff is a good thing. So for me whilst kind of reserve judgment it does look like it'll work fine there's also rules for company or party resources and it's almost a usage die idea so it's a d6 set to a two to start with and you have to roll equal to or under to successfully uh, uh, make a purchase or or get hold of something it's not intended for Trifling or insignificant purchases. It's supposed to be kind of like your more significant, larger ticket items, or possibly a good quantity of smaller to medium things, perhaps associated with getting kitted out in general for perhaps a, a fairly lengthy overland journey. You might just make the one roll to provision the trip, and if you fail, um, you need to come up with a plan B or maybe I was thinking you could think you've got the resources but then reveal to the players later that, that something has gone wrong you know some of the, the food is spoiled or there's an accident and it and it's lost so you could kind of like delay the effects of the, the failed roll the other thing you can do is when the party uh, scores some loot or gets paid for a job or whatever you can take that resource die number so starting at a two you can raise it to a three or likewise they could start at a two get all fitted out for their first big journey and then drop their resources down to a one advancement this happens and can only happen in the safety of a or the comparative safety of a haven characters get one xp Each time they add to the lore of the world with rhyming, secure a treasure or encounter something dangerous in the wild and overcome or avoid it. This is another way of getting a little bit more of that Tolkien Hobbit flavor going as well as a way to allow the characters to, you know, progress progress with their skills and their traits, improve their abilities because when you get 5 XP you can permanently... Add plus one to your max hit points, or you can get two fate points. The fate is maxed at six. You can also get a new skill area. a max of four of those, or you can get a trait from a skill area you al- already have. And then closing out with some games master advice. It explains that you know, as the games master, you're playing the world and everything in it. When a character tries something dangerous or difficult You call for the roll You don't roll for easy stuff And you don't roll for impossible stuff Easy stuff just happens Impossible stuff doesn't happen An easy magic action still costs one fate Even if no roll is required You're still doing the magic But it's easy Doesn't require the roll And then um, after the roll you've got to move that fiction on don't um don't allow the uh the old sort of second attempt third attempt oh somebody else has a go in practice the session that went along there was no problem i just kept thinking as i'm asking for the role i keep it in the front of my mind if this is failed what's going to happen or if i if i can't immediately think of what's going to happen I just remind myself that something's got to happen. And if I really strike out, I kind of source the table and say, "Okay, it's a failed. What do we think that's going to look like? You know, in the heat of the moment, and like we was doing an encounter with the spiders in Mertwood, the Atacops. Yeah, there was a, a moment where everybody was all pitching in ideas for a, for a failed role. When I sat down to play the session, I just didn't anticipate that that was going to happen. It really surprised me. I think it surprised everybody else as well. Now, the other advice that Ray offers is uh, the fail forward idea, granting a, a minimum success, but with a serious drawback uh, or, or a complication. reason for this is you don't want that failure to kind of cut off what's going on the classic is in, in in investigations where somebody doesn't find something and, and you know, you, the trail just goes cold or the, the action just goes flat. Failing forward is a really good way around that. Ray also advises that in the all ones blunder uh, case, you know, push hard with that. It is a proper bad fail, cause collateral damage, separate the party, pin them down. Burn up a resource, uh, have like a magical backlash or m- like miscast type idea, or have a magic item do something unhelpful, maybe take on a mind of its own. He encourages you to think dangerously. There's also this idea that a blunder advances uh, a sort of overarching agenda. You think what that represents, so that is uh, a it could be, say, like the villain's plot. And each time the group makes the blunder, you've got steps in the villain's plan that, unbeknownst or maybe known to the players, are advancing. You, you know, you could sort of foreshadow stuff or hint at bad things happening, just flavourful little um, cutscenes or something like that. Or, you know, you, you start talking about ill omens, whatever you want create that sense of impending doom with with the players you want to make those uh, those blunders count and last of all we've got magic items they can be minor which are described as wondrous or major which are described as magic wondrous items often carry names and have subtle passive effects eg glow near evil creatures major magic items confer a magic skill like invisibility Characters must spend a fate to use or activate them, and any item can be lost, broken, discharged or tainted, of course. Some have a will of their own. I believe that's probably a reference to the ring. I like the idea of these wondrous, kind of curious items, maybe quite often elven artefacts that are bestowed upon the party as little boons or or favours for... Um, doing good deeds and then you've got these major magic items that are obviously going to be a lot rarer have some sort of reputation it's the sort of item you go on a quest for It's probably either well lost or owned by somebody else who's unlikely to want to give it up rules wise then that's about it i'd just like to express my thanks to ray for allowing us to get involved with this first play of his his new game. It was very enjoyable. I think everybody was aware of the fact that they were trying out something new and all being Hobbity fans got into the spirit of things. There was no criticism of anything that we did. It was all a very positive experience and I think everybody had fun. I think uh, one of the, the things that was said is coming from... D&D and OSR games, it is quite a a change of direction or you've got to get your head in a a different place. You know, that has the potential to be jarring, but maybe in a good way, it kind of jars you out of your your comfort zone. certainly made me raise my game as a GM. I think criticism of these type of maybe more narrative games is unfair. I think if you can pull off this type of game, you, you know, you're a, probably a, a half-decent GM because you've got to think on your feet, you've got to make good judgments, and from the player's point of view, you, you need to be a good player, you need to have faith in the rulings of, of your referee. There's really no room for the adversarial style of play. That suits me fine. We did create what I think was... A, a pretty Tolkien flavoured evening of uh, tale telling and adventure. That's what we set out to do. We've been there and we're not quite back again.
2: Great episode. I, I really enjoyed the part uh, you were saying how you know when you're starting the new game. Hey guys, listen, this isn't D and D. This is uh, we're trying something new. So try and try and think outside the box. I think that's a great great idea. I, I want to try uh, Advanced Fighting Fantasy at some point. I haven't had a chance, and I think that'll be one of the things I incorporate. Hey listen I really enjoy your accent and your voice Colin I, re- I honestly think you should do you should narrate some audiobooks or something man I just you're so easy to listen to I enjoy it. It's funny you should say that but
0: I'm, I'm quite enjoying doing a few little readings on my episodes I don't know how well they're going down a few people have commented funnily enough that they quite enjoy them and and that's quite encouraging
2: it's Robert uh, DM Dad here. I'm really excited that you uh, you did a a cast on um, there and back again because uh, I've been looking for a system that I can use for this uh, hobbits on bikes thing that we talked about a long time ago, and it sounds uh, it sounds like this could be the the way to go in terms of of the mechanics you know I want to use behind that. So it was great to hear you talk about that. It sounds like uh, it sounds like the the one for me.
0: There and back again. We had a great session with that. I, I kind of plucked up the courage to try a new system and throw it out to the group, and I, I'm glad I did because The Hobbit is so ingrained in my life experience. It's always there in the back of my mind. I don't know, it's, it, it's pretty much a part of me now. I'm glad I'm actually playing in that world.
1: They wouldn't be resting loaded up. It's none the, the stuff would
0: going, that's my pony. What do you want about letting go? Bell, go your, get my pony. <laughs> I'd put a hand in the
1: board. Oh, so he's gone back I'd to normal. Say, he's he's like, what, no one's going in it in them woods. That's no one's morning. going in it in them but, woods.
0: But Father said to get his pony, how will we get How will we get his goods to oh, the
1: market? I'll be looking down at his dad. He ain't going nowhere, is he? What happened the last time someone went in the woods? I'll be looking oh. down at him again.
3: <laughs> oh, no. That's
1: my I'm pony. I'm just saying, call their names.
0: Bill, that is. That's Bill the pony. Megal Minty. Bill, Bill, and he, he goes off to like the edge of the clearing where you can see there's uh, sort of you know is that, is, some vaguely trampled undergrowth and whatnot. What are you looking at?
1: I'll, I'll pick there's up a bag the of the the horse feed. Of and I'll be shaking that like, yeah. you know, trying to sort of entice it back out. But I ain't going into their
0: woods again. Okay, so you're gonna grab the horse feed and uh, try and in, entice it uh, back. Um, like, um... uh, as you do this, you notice that an, the uh, one of the ponies seems to have, like... Well, it comes wandering back down the path. So it seems it probably wasn't that far away and has heard you and has come back to the fold and is noshing at the, the food bag, uh, but no sign of the other one.
1: Oh, God. All right.
0: No? Well, let's see how uh, Ricky's... Um, f- uh, all bricks, food, uh, food shaking and luring. About cooking
3: up some food, some smells. Have they good, good smell, idea, sense of like smell? Don't
1: eat These
3: ponies. Are
1: now, perhaps a, no, pi- a, pi- a
0: pipe. A pipe full of old Toby. Perhaps
1: Christmas we should Christmas cook
0: up
3: Christmas. some more breakfast.
1: Some Just bricks. in case you probably Let's haven't fire start putting half of my fashions aside stopped. now yeah. A you, you, yeah, you, yeah. Out bacon. <laughs> I'm doing it out of sight of the Hobbit as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll Start yeah. cut the fire then, get some yeah. uh, tomatoes Nice crispy bacon. Some, some nice crispy bacon. On. They must be attractive, they
3: must have a, few, a good sense of smell. Potatoes. Put it out you fools, put it out.
0: And you see a figure making its way through the bushes, coloured. Oh, it's Hey love us. Kind
1: of,
0: you know, bent over in the weather, making some haste back towards the tree. Oh.
1: Uh, He's not seen me in the... cloaked, cloaked sort of figure. I don't like cloaked figures. Cause it's doesn't appear to
0: be paying any attention to you. Well,
1: yeah. I'll tell you, Dad, cloaked right, I'll raise an eyebrow, I'll look at the other two, and if they haven't seen it, I'll just say, stay here, stay by the fire, don't leave the path. Yeah. I uh, maybe put my cloak around the young lad if he hasn't got anything uh,
0: suitable
1: for this sort of weather.
0: Yeah, your cloak's ringing wet, but you can you can do that. He's got a cloak, but that, the main problem is that your stuff's
1: <coughs> basically <coughs> wet through. Yeah. yeah. I right. well, just assume that a second layer, might... Like, it well it does. Yeah, because it's wool. And I'll i shrug my shield and sh- I'll keep my sword sheath for now, but. I'll, I'll keep low and I'll, head in the direction I'll of I'll that guy. I head towards the tree, yeah, and wait, wait till he's inside, so I know that one. Well, I don't obviously know that he can't get out the other side, but I know that the rest of my crew are on the inside, so to speak. So I'll follow up behind. And once he's there, I'll I sort of sit by the yeah at the entrance and listen.
0: Yeah, you lot can hear like uh, the the sounds of something coming up the passageway. h And you hear like a. Is that what you're doing? You're hiding. No, I basically I whisper. I hide my room to hide, isn't it? <laughs> um, and and you you duck about and you look for somewhere to hide. But before you can really have done anything, <laughs> this kind of um, bedraggled looking head kind of pops up through the thing, and <laughs> <laughs> he's. Oh,
1: what's all this? Uh, 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 I just wait. Don't... State your business.
0: What are you doing in my house? Calm down, sir. Calm down? Calm down. Test in a man's home. What's wrong with you?
3: We are just looking for some short rest and uh, shelter from the conditions outside. Well, I thank you to look somewhere else. This is my shelter. And you needn't
0: think you'd be getting any food or shelter off of me. Probably servants of the necromancer, I'd imagine. We do not know what, you, uh, what necromancer and like. you talk of. Poking a spear towards the How
1: wizard.
0: How dare you speak that name? I speak what names I like in my house. You speak your name. And he's got like this spear that you can see is seen better days. Uh, it's kind of not well maintained and he's kind of sort of half-heartedly poking it
1: in your direction. And who are we in the presence of here? Mr... I don't need I a need name. Man. I
0: know who I am, but I don't know who you are. Stay your well
1: name now.
0: I told you, I don't need a name. I need your name. You don't need my name. I already know who I am.
1: Glacian Lightbringer.
0: Yeah. Don't look like you're bringing much light here.
1: <laughs> what about you, Dwarf? I don't need a name. I know my own name.
0: <laughs> and you don't need to do it. And with that, he kind of edges in through the hole and kind of like moves around towards like the right, (laughs) you know, comes into the entrance. And you notice, as soon as he starts moving, there's like this rank smell of unwashed person. You can see he's uh, an older older guy. He's quite wiry. He's got raggy clothing. Almost as old as me. Even though he's got this limp wet cloak on Uh, you can see he's uh, got gnarly bony arms and you can see all his veins and everything and you do notice that he's got like these pretty savage scars around his wrists and his ankles and he's got like this just insane kind Of beard, I
1: see you look at me when you're gonna say that. But I've trimmed my beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, I've just heard your
1: beard.
0: Like, I was looking for some inspiration, and I felt it fell <laughs> on barren bow, bow ground. And
1: um, he's right
0: it, got like this un, un, unkempt massive beard and like crazy eyebrows, and the hair is does
1: he have like a weird hat? This
0: very he, has, he hasn't got a hat, really. He's just got like his his hair is kind of a bit sort of matted, and so no, it's he's got twigs yet. and bits of leaf in it. Obviously, no, he's no come case. out of the, he's come out of the storm, but you know, cr- no, I know crawling in and out of this this place, you know, he's gonna get dirt on him and everything. But he he, he seems not aware of any of this, and he's just like scowling at you. Um
1: you're
0: gonna
3: do check us out yeah but well,
0: it is his house it's my house i
3: shall hold up my hands and calm down calm down everybody uh i'm sure there's a a reasonable negotiation we can make here perhaps we could uh give you something for your time and your
0: hospitality money got any food have got any food have you huh. And he saw so, like he 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 turns around with that. He turns around his um his spear and he like prod you in the stomach and he says, whoa, you look well fed, don't ya? I'll have some of what you're having if you don't mind."
3: Well, a favour for a favour. I am more than happy to give you some of our food. If oh, you well, I'm more than happy too. If you can give some shelter to my uh, f- friends outside. God, don't you talk a lot.
0: God, dear. Where's his food? Listen to chat.
3: More of the food. All right, OK. Well. Nonsense. I take it he's a human. Yeah, he's that. a... Well, yeah, to tell. A yeah, it's a bit <laughs> hard to tell. Yeah, no, no, he's clearly human, but,
0: yeah.
1: I'm still waiting for your name.
0: And he sets off to...
1: Ah, oh, dear, oh,
0: dear. And he just, because two short plates, he's, he's like shuffled over to one side and said, Now, where do I put my spoon? And he keeps glancing over to see it and he's like, like he kind of like he's, he grinds his teeth a bit and he, he gets his spoon and he's like licking his spoon. Oh, that'll oh, be nice. Oh, some nice food. Oh, halfling food would be nice. Oh,
1: lovely.
0: So I shall climb oh, I down. I can feel my
3: mouth my, 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 my mouth is watering at the prospect of this lovely feast. A halfling's gonna bring me. So I shall climb down this tunnel. Okay, back outside. And I shall go back to the group.
1: Yeah, I'm, I went yeah. to the entrance. To it, I followed the Blake. In, yeah, you're coming, yeah,
0: you coming Yeah, you come calling out, and you're sort of, boom, sort of. There's a, sh- a looming that? shadow of seriousness that is Albrecht shivering uh, over the tunnel entrance. Okay. He sort of startles you. You weren't expecting to see him. Yeah. Okay. And you, not notice, you notice. You notice. shock. You notice through the uh, undergrowth behind him. You see Baldor kind of creeping leading the ponies in the direction of this tree. Okay, uh, I shall gesture them over. Yeah, and you, you so you see um bobbling gesture
1: a very to behind and you, human and here.
0: you can see that, yes, <laughs> that Baldor has neglected to follow your instructions, and he's brought his boy and his ponies in the direction of this hut. Okay.
3: Okay. Um, so is only. Any better shelter for the ponies outside or not? Um, Around this tree. Not really, but they um, they don't seem
0: to be all that fussed. They look like they're holding up uh, quite well. Well, no, they look like they're some sort of um, like mount like mountain breed or something like that. British they're,
1: ponies. They used to be yeah, yeah,
0: some of them sort of like them Welsh. Uh, you know them hardy like Shetland type oh, of things, do. You know, they've got that longer hair and everything, and they stand out all through the, all weathers on the hill.
1: Mm.
0: Exmoor ponies, and that? I don't like more ponies.
3: Alright, well, we'll tie them up in a Etamoran. Sort of secure them somewhere as safely as possible. Whilst we, uh, I'll explain that there is uh, somewhat a crazy, crazy uh, old man. Whose habitat in inside this the this hollow tree, but it is warm, and uh, I think I think in the need of the or the desperation of the situation, I think we're going to have to take shelter to uh, warm yourselves up and dry your clothes. Uh, and I've negotiated to give him some food in return for some shelter. I say you stick him. I you're say not there you at don't. the moment because I'm outside. But okay. I shall. Outside. I shall get some food from the from the uh, ponies. I assume are carrying it. They are. Um, I shall pick out. Okay. Yeah. Nothing little, actually. but <laughs> sort of the nicer bits that I can sort of find that are not just biscuits and dry stuff, but not too much of it. Okay. Yeah, your rations
0: are, are some sort of fairly. Uh, decentish stuff. The
1: emphasis on the word ration.
0: He, he picked up some fresh. He, it, it would appear he that he's, picked up, at he's the moment. picked up. picked up some happened. fresher stuff when he was at the Elven King's Halls, and it looks like he might have been keeping that quiet. You find some uh, some uh, nicer food. Give him the less, so okay. some fish and that. I don't
1: like kale. I'll
3: well, get what I deem uh, nice. Well, you more or less sniff it out, do you know yeah. what I mean? True oh, halfling, I'll, hobbit yeah. style. I'll get together what I deem is a sort of human portion of one meal sort of thing. Okay. Not half as as a half meal. halfling. So, yeah, half a hobbit sort of hobbit dinner. diet. Yeah, <laughs> okay. And... Uh, i on a mad diet. Yeah, and, and I, I say, well, follow me and I shall lead us down the tunnel where you can dry off and... but. As I said, beware the guy is, uh, he's yeah. been on his lo- he's lonesome for some time and uh, not too hospitable, so that's probably like the
0: equivalent of a full day's rations, probably there. Uh, okay. and um, I,
1: I take my cloak off, the young lad, okay. and I'm looking at this hole in the floor and thinking, I don't really fancy crawling through that, okay. So I'll usher the other two in and say, Look, I'm going to make sure the ponies are settled, and I'm going to use my horse or fire game okay. outside and uh, I'll be hunkering down there. I'm, I'm used to it on the road and that. I'm suffering a bit at the minute, but I'm confident once the fire's warmed me up a bit, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not too keen on crawling into this thing. It, it sounds like it's a bit cramped in there as well. By the time there's uh, four, well, f- two men, three men, a hobbit, a dwarf, and a fourth man, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like there's going be a lot of room in there anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, I am get a little blaze going, angle the, the old sheet against the wind. Yep. And I'll wrap up in my me, me cloak and maybe put some extra clothes on for me pack.
0: Yep. Um okay, I think your main trouble is gonna be the ground. Because uh, it's it's like soaking wet and super cold. As fast as you're trying to warm up, the cold ground is drawing away the warmth from your person.
1: Well, I'll tough it out for a bit, obviously, until so everybody's in, and then I'll have to crawl okay. When I get bad, I'll have to crawl in. And OK. So I want to go out and keep an eye on the ponies, because the last thing I want to do is be losing them while we're tied up in the tree. OK. Um, I'll go and see how i I don't think my fire. shield's going fit, to fit through here either, is it? So that's going to have to stay outside.
0: It
3: probably is too big. Yeah,
1: yeah I'll have to pop it up. I'll sit in the doorway, keeping an eye over the ponies, trying to keep the fire going. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep a little so fire. Where are you,
0: so you're trying to use this fire as well, but from within the door? Mm.
1: Um, well, every now and again I just go out and stick a twig on it or so, just keeping an eye out because you you, I'm a little bit in a better
0: state than the other. Than yeah your situation ain't much better, you're, you're, um, you're getting colder and colder by the second. So inside you've got
2: Fire, this old fire, guy, fire.
0: you're presenting him with this food, are you? Yes, yeah, so I go in first. He's chatting to himself. You'd notice he's chatting away now. He's just talking about this, talking
3: about his upcoming meal. So I shall go in first. I say, my fine oh, host. Who goes there? It's me. Boblin. Again. Boblin?
1: Boblin? Who the hell's
2: Boblin? That's me, sir. Oh, hello! I'm bubbly. (laughs) 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 He's
0: just sort of dancing. He's just sort of dancing round, and you then he grabs up this sort of um, uh, like he's got this. It looks like a bit of a, a gouge or some sort of uh, improvised I'm carving tool, and he starts tapping away. Oh, Time for a bit of carving. And he does it. He's just like you can hear this. T- you can hear. You can all hear this bit of tapping. And, and he starts tapping away. Bobbling. bubbly, 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 bobbling. You can see, he don't get a lot of company. He, he's no, not. He's to. sort of almost <laughs> ignoring you now, and as though he's sort of slightly forgotten that you're there.
3: I'll bring the others in while he's. I mean, if he
0: does not think him them, okay. we'll just camp out for a while. Yeah. until he, bop dee bop bringer Look, I'm bubbling, the light-bringer.
1: Now he's <laughs> just making his stupid names. Stupid names. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so you come in, you've got this food, and... Um, I won't give
3: him the food until he asks for yeah.
0: it. Yeah, no, it seems... Um, if he's forgotten about it, then I'll he <laughs> Yeah, no, he, 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 he sort of... He's kind of like, Pfft. oh, what's that a smell? Oh yeah, food. Right. Oh, that's why I got my spoon. I knew I had my spoon out for something. He comes over. Right. Bimbley Boblin, get it.
3: cooking. So I take him over to one side where he, he looks like he does his cooking. Then, well, he does it over this fire right, well, in the centre. I sort of, like I say, I will try and distract him as much while the others come in, and I bring it. Out and of then the he goes,
0: co- "Oh, somebody's already been doing some cooking." And he pulls off the stick off the fire and he starts like chewing at this pretty rank-looking meat. on, this ain't much good. Don't, don't think much of this cook. <laughs> and he just. Uh, <laughs> Start sort of like prodding about in your your bags and whatever it is you've
3: bought in. So I shall try and where's this fish I smell. I shall try and start preparing this food as a accomplished. Yeah, he just interferes. Accomplished chef.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you uh, you get to try and prepare yeah. it, and he just keeps interfering and butting him with everything you're doing. But he's, he don't seem uh,
3: too much of a, of, a, of a threat or anything like that. Well, I say so I just try and keep his attention as much as possible to distract from my colleagues who are trying to dry out and warm up. Yeah, you're you're getting uh, definitely warmer.
0: These um, two ears are
1: just going to wear the
0: fire. Bell goes put a bit more wood on the fire, and, and sit sitting there, he's uh, he's just getting there. he just got a little wine skin, and he takes a few sips of his drink and. They're, they're just sitting there. There's definitely a bit of an atmosphere between, between them. Um, you're not convinced that Baldor's his right self. He's kind of slipped into, into a bit of a a moany, grumbly, moody. Depression. Yeah, he's slipped into a bit of a sort of, yeah, depression perhaps. And uh, you've got Belgor just seems a bit distant and constantly thoughtful. And he kind of he's got like this amulet thing that he wears and he is constantly like fiddling with it and toying with it um meanwhile in the entrance um ed edmund edwin yeah you're you're starting to shiver now um yeah your teeth are chattering you're very cold
1: i shall uh, go back into the
0: in the meantime i am going to say Make a roll,
2: so you don't die.
0: Two, uh, two. Yeah, you just uh, you you get colder and colder and colder, and uh, you take a take a, another hit on your toughness. But at this point, uh you feel a little bit delirious. Feel like you maybe. I did
1: say that I headed in. Oh yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah.
0: He, yeah.
1: He was watching the ponies well when I went in.
0: Yeah you feel a bit delirious and you can't really quite remember what you have done except the next thing you know you're um crawling down the tunnel as as if led by some sort of survival instinct to get somewhere warmer you think you maybe you was dozing off with the warmth of the fire on your face but then you just woke up and you was shivering uncontrollably and and then at one point you you just stopped shivering and you, you started to feel all right and then you're just confused and next thing you know you're you're back inside um and you lot are confronted by a, a pretty rough looking uh Albrecht who more, who more or less comes into comes into the um, the shelter and pass out. I should pull
3: him in as he's climbing through, help him or drag him towards the fire and lay him down by the side of the fire and yeah, you can make s- space.
0: Yeah, he's um, uh, really cold. At any point, you know, the other thing is, I forgot to mention, you can, if you roll these rolls and they go poorly, you can spend a fate point to throw another dice. Yeah, you
1: did mention I that before, actually. I forgot
0: before. to mention that. I'll probably, just because... Um,
1: I've got several
0: of them when I'm wasting them away. Yeah, I just, because uh, did, we didn't didn't get involved with it last week and I thought I should uh, probably uh, re-emphasise that.
3: Okay, so you're all back in there and you're seeing to... Well, you, I'm just making sure he's close enough to the fire to get the full benefit. Yes, I mean, by, by
0: this point, by the time he comes in, obviously some time has passed and you've sorted out mate you with some food and he he basically troughs that he seems like he's not really uh concerned about you now because he he eats his food uh he he makes himself some brew with some leaves in and stuff and uh basically just goes and crashes out on his leafy bed with his furs
2: Mm -hmm. um further to the uh there and back again i really like what you said um you know your closing remarks about you know the the kind of uh, game master and the kind of players that that would make the best use of that system i feel like you know in the osr we talk a lot about these stripped down rules light rulings not rules types of systems and and uh one of the things that we kind of neglect to mention is what type of play style and what type of Game Master, and what type of player and what type of relationship between Game Master and player that implies. And that, yeah, you know, the, the reason that things like Pathfinder have so many defined mechanics is to stop both players and Game Masters uh, cheating, for lack of a better word. And But if, if, if uh, everybody's on the same page and everybody wants to work together to have a good gaming experience, then you don't need all those extra mechanics. Thank you.
0: as they say, is a wrap for this Pit Stop episode. I want to say a big thanks to the folk who contributed to the episode. Also, a massive thanks goes out to the Pit Crew, my patrons over on the Spike Pit Patreon, keeping me going and growing. Last but not least, I want to say a big thanks to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later.